Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. Didn't have the headphones on. Jackson and I were talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall. Full transparency. Holly should. Thank you. Welcome to Balloon Party. Trimmed by Muggin' F. St. Louis Acura on Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. Uh, and uh, Jackson, uh, this is a program that breaks news. Always kind of has in our, what do we have? Are we have 20-month history? In that ballpark. Yeah, fun. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, is reporting. Disney and Charter have ended their dispute. Right on the threshold of Monday Night Football, no coincidence. Uh, and so uh, the details of the agreement, not out yet. This was reported within the last 10 minutes. But they have reached an agreement that will restore popular channels, including ESPN and ABC, to the cable operators, nearly 15 million subscribers. Uh, that has just been reported moments ago in the Wall Street Journal, which Jackson monitors, because you're always moving yeah, stocks and right, right. Yeah, I, uh, I I keep my ear, but I have multiple different sources for that. Oh, is that right? I don't like the public to know the same thing I know. Yeah, so I you're zigging, everybody else is zagging. I want at least an hour in advance. Wow, okay. any story that comes out. Yeah, so I've been sitting on this one. All right, well there it is. Uh, so those of you who are a charter a customer, you've got ESPN back. Woot 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 woot. Now, that's a positive development for many in our audience. What is a negative development is the YouTube channel's gone. Yeah. Especially since I am wearing this incredible T-shirt that says some people like things and some people don't like other things. Right. Uh, from the uh, TMASTLshop.com merchandise collection, the fall line. Uh, everything's 10% off right now, Jackson. And you can't see it. Unless you're Jackson, because the YouTube channel for 101 ESPN was shut down by YouTube because it said it was impersonating Correct. somebody else. Right. I uh, don't know what that means. I'm going to take some time in the break and uh, learn more about that community guideline mm. so I can get a better understanding. Um, so you know, you'll have me on the... You know, you'll be on the case. Boots on the ground kind of situation, like ready to be out there and you know figure out what's going on. Nice. That's, that's what I try to do. Just I just try to be helpful. No, I know that, and I think the people know that. So uh, hopefully it'll be back tomorrow, kind of like the Charter Disney thing. Right. And we'll be able to uh, show off our wares. 
but uh, that is uh, that is uh, shut down now. Yeah, I hope it's done before Friday so that people can watch the Little Pills Friday Six Shooter. Yeah, that thing's huge. Right, and I don't want that. I feel like we're going to be missing something if we don't have the video all Yeah, so those of you who are in the YouTube and you're wondering what happened, it got shut down by YouTube, and uh, fortunately, a uh, very helpful customer service phone line. You just call right away. Right. You talk to somebody. I think they're in Webster. Yeah. And uh, they sit there and they do everything they can to help you. Right. Or you chat with bots at one thirty in the morning like Midnight Rider was doing. Uh, Saturday, early Sunday, and uh, alas, God, that's got to be miserable. Yeah, it's like I've, torturous. I've uh, I've been on the business end of the YouTube customer service. Oh, no, how is it? Strong? Quite strong? Uh, Test your patience. Is that right? Yeah, you sit there on hold for a little bit, and because of oh, you actually do talk to a human being eventually. Uh, wow! After many, just many, many rows of red tape. The problem is, it's a Google product. It's a Google property. So it's all interconnected with Google, and so you're kind of dealing with two different companies all at the same time. And if you don't have one thing correct on one side, then it's even harder to get it done on the other side. It is fun, with a capital F. Uh, well, there's a theory here. Uh, it says, uh, from the 636, I think Piddles was caught impersonating a talented broadcaster. You know, I thought something like that would come up. And I wondered what I would say in return. Yeah, and now now is your moment. This is your time. Their time is over. Right. And I think I'm going to advance my maturity by yielding. Well, you're going to yield the time back to the gentleman from South St. Louis. I'm just going to yield. I just don't think I have any retort to that. You're turning the other cheek. I mean... I don't want to say like officially, but I'm pretty confident I was second uh, in the Jamie Rivers uh, filling in for Panger, you know, taking over Panger's role. Right. I, I think I was second in that. Uh, yeah, that's what my sources have told me. So, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, I guess, but people can have their opinions, man. Nice. I like that. Well, then that, uh, then that opens up the door to get right to the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend Wrap-Up. What, 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 Bingo. What a weekend it was, too, Tim. It was a full NFL slate, college football. And more importantly, beat Blue Raider. Yeah. All right. Fight, Tiger, be blue, Raider, and go fight, win. Yes, yes. Um, Tiger. Missouri fought so bravely as they staved off a hungry, ratty bunch of blue Raiders from Middle Tennessee. (laughs) Spin, spin, sugar. Some call it a bad win. I call it undefeated. All kidding aside, what stood out as the most glaring issue for Missouri, and do you think it's fixable at this point in the, th- in the season? Do you think fans are justified in their frustration? Uh, I'll answer the last one first, but, and I will say yes. Uh, I was alarmed when uh, I saw, I was at a uh, party and just flipped on Overwatch on my phone. I go, oh God, it's three to nothing. We're making our way toward, I think that was the second quarter when it was three to nothing. It was. And I thought, oh boy. Uh, the biggest issue at the moment to me is not the one that's going to get the most attention. But I always say when it came to like the 99 Rams, you talk about Warner and Falk and Bruce and Holt and Oz Akeem, and that's all wonderful. But it starts up front. And those aren't the names that are going to necessarily be glamorous unless you have an Orlando Pace. And while I'm confused as to the Sam Horn story, uh, as to why he went from the guy who Eli Drinkwitz's future was tied to to now just doesn't play and the quarterback competition exists, Sam Horn would have been under pressure too. And Brady Cook was under pressure. 
at the same time, Brady Cook underthrew and openly Luther Burden in the first half. Gabe Diarman was with us on TMA, brought to you by James Carlton about an hour ago, and he said, how much different is that game if he throws that ball the proper distance, about six yards further, Burden runs under it for an easy touchdown, and then what does that set off as far as a domino effect goes? But you got to have protection on the offensive line. Uh, I thought Eli Drinkwitz choosing to punt yeah. on fourth and two feet with 10 minutes left and a 13-point lead at the Middle Tennessee State 44-yard line was eye-opening. I know you were at the game and yep. you heard the boos from the fan base yep. when he chose to punt. Yep, It speaks volumes that if you are an SEC school with hopes of doing something to show progress this year, that you are punting with a 13-point lead and fourth and two feet. Yeah. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Your thoughts. You were in attendance. Yeah, I mean, so much offensively. If I could take, like, one microcosm of the game that shows, like, where Missouri is and, like, when we talk progress over years, Middle Tennessee State had a third down, that third medium. Mizzou loads the box, gets every single guy in the box. They bring the house, and what does Middle Tennessee State do? They run an outside run that almost gets them a touchdown. To me, that's the inverse of what should be happening. That's what a team like Missouri should be doing to a mid-major school where they're going to be really excited to maybe get a fourth down stop, and instead Mizzou would outsmart them and go to the outside. Middle Tennessee State did that to Missouri. Missouri on third downs defensively was a real, real issue. They were soft in coverage. They were soft in bringing the house on third down, and you can't do that against teams. Offensively, uh, just a myriad of issues. I mean, the offensive line is by far the biggest standout issue, but I have obviously questions about the quarterback situation. I, I don't feel confident that if they need to make 80 yards in two minutes that Brady Cook can get the job done. I'm not confident in Kirby Moore in the offensive play calling. Like I think that leaves a lot. And I hear people be like, just get Luther Burden the ball, whatever he can. But that's not his value. His value is running downfield, catching 20-yard passes and making moves, not getting jet sweeps or bubble screens all day. So I have a, there's a lot of issues right now. The uh, line for the Kansas State game, which we have been talking about as being the game and perhaps the game for Eli Drinkwitz, uh, started out at one. Now, that was before Missouri played on Saturday and before K-State beat the hell out of Troy. They've played Troy and SEMO, so they've, they've played the equivalent of Missouri and South Dakota and in Middle Tennessee State, as far as caliber of opponents, tough to really gauge much there, mm-hmm. except that they have dominated those two opponents and they are ranked 15th in the country. The line then went to three and a half, and where is it as we speak at the moment? Five and a half. Five and a half. That's what I've seen across the board. So it is moving up quickly. Yeah. I mean, listen, the only thing that I am holding on to hope is a. Is a a gentleman who monitors spreads and enjoys probability mm-hmm. and takes the opposite of the public on so many things, hence being on the Browns and the Buccaneers, but also the Steelers yesterday. So it works, but that doesn't work uh, absolutely, is that the spread strikes me as being strange. Mm-hmm. That's the positive if you're a Missouri fan. Right. At the same time... Before, about five minutes before kickoff for Colorado and Nebraska. And Colorado is the story of college football. And if they get past Colorado State 
and they can win at Oregon. It sets up the Heisman Trophy winning Caleb Williams heading to Boulder with that USC offense against Deion Sanders and the Buffaloes at the end of September. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought that would be? Right. But that is, they, they got to get through Colorado State and, and a game at Oregon. But my goodness. I thought, God, Colorado's just going to win. They're going to win big. And you don't get these too often. Right. So I, it, it I went with the logic there, even though it struck me as a trap. Alabama, Texas struck me as a trap, and it was, and Texas dominated that game. I I haven't seen anything from Missouri offensively that would lead me to believe that they are going to be able to beat the 15th-ranked team. Now, i got to be crystal clear here, probably like many of you, unless you went to K-State or you just, for whatever reason, or or SEMO for that matter, actually, if you went to SEMO and you watched the K-State game, you haven't seen much K-State football. But you're just telling me it's the 15th-ranked team and Missouri had to fight to stave off Middle Tennessee State, a team that lost 56-7 to in Tuscaloosa the week beforehand. Uh, I don't know what would make me think that they're going to win that game, but the fact that they uh, the spread is strange is the one thing that I'm holding on to. So that's what I got. I don't know. I, I don't understand how the offense can be this bad at this point for a guy who is hyped up as an offensive wizard, as a young offensive mind, a great recruiter who's still using Barry Odom's quarterback, and uh, it, it, in year four is having this kind of issues offensively and is concerned enough about his offense to not go for it on fourth and two feet from the Middle Tennessee State 44-yard line with 10 minutes left in a 13-point game. Those are concerns. At the same time, if they do somehow beat Kansas State, you go, holy crap, here we go. Yep. Memphis and St. Louis, Vanderbilt, who lost to Wake Forest this week in Nashville, and you could be in a spot where you're five and zero, but I mean, would you really want to bet that Missouri's going to be five and zero at this point? I would not. Uh, what kind of chance would you give, percentage wise, that they are going into uh, that uh, Southern Bell? Brian Kelly coming to Columbia on October seventh. Twenty one percent. I think that's about right. Yeah, strategic. That's Sam Horn's number. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about the right number. But you get past K State somehow. Right. I don't know. Right. Defense forces some turnovers. I don't know. Right. Sometimes it does. It is a situation where it's like you got to see the real talent out there to play. Like there's been teams, if Missouri specifically, where they play down to competition, up to competition in both ends. So you'd hope that that's the case, but you're right. There's nothing this year that they've shown offensively that could prove to you that, like, no, this team can compete with top tier talent. One other thing that I would say, and this sometimes works in football in particular, where you have that week of preparation in between games, assuming you don't have a bye week, that if you can dodge a scare bullet, it can cause hyper attention on the next week. Was this a trap, for example, uh, that your attention's on K-State? Everybody who follows Missouri football is going, okay, K-State's going to determine everything. Okay, Middle Tennessee, whatever, who cares? Let's just get past it. We know we're going to win it, and let's focus on K-State. Well, they saw what happened, and maybe that leads to hyper-attention, whereas K-State's in the mindset, this was easy, this was easy. Oh, my God, Missouri barely beat Middle Tennessee, and they only put 35 points against South Dakota. Maybe now that works to Missouri's advantage. I'm grasping for things. Yeah. The defense is still rock solid. Defense really has only allowed a grand total of, of what? 
29 points, I think. Is that the right. math? And then you're counting like and, the but safety. That's what I'm saying. There's a safety and there was essentially what was the equivalent of a, a pick six. I mean, right. it was a deep turnover on a yeah. tip ball. Should have been a pick six on Saturday that was dropped by the Middle Tennessee State defender. Yeah. Uh, so... Hey, man, we knew it was going to come down to this Saturday. It just now has a little less optimism, I think. But uh, all it takes is a win, and uh, and you're sitting there going, oh, my God, now they're 3-0 going into Memphis and St. Louis and and Vanderbilt and Nashville before LSU comes to Columbia. More football talk here on the program with the Little Pills Angry Beaver weekend wrap-up. Tim McCartney and Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What a weekend it was in the world of sports. It's time now for Lil Piddle's Weekend Wrap-Up. Presented by the Angry Beaver, a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddle's for $5 off any pizza. Welcome back. Party by St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour of midday radio magic. Then BK and Ferrario come your way with the fast lane to uh, follow. Action Jackson has this Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend wrap-up. You're welcome to give your thoughts. 314-399-9646. That's how you can text into the program. As we said at the outset of the show, the 101 ESPN YouTube account is down. YouTube took it down. Uh, and the reason that was given was because of impersonation right so uh, mike ryder executive producer of 101 espn was uh was efforting with the uh, youtube customer service to get that back up and uh and, and hopefully we will return right and uh people want to see us people want to see us yeah especially uh with with my bald head on full display today right. it's a miss for everybody we got a, we got four crystal blue eyes just waiting for the listeners to see and yep. so when we're not on youtube it's kind of like almost like a waste well and today just like to turn people on to start the week i'm sitting on three phone books right right so it's that like, you can he got tall over the weekend is tim six foot eight no nope. nope more like five two but three phone books right you and wouldn't know exactly yeah we we let you peek behind the curtain but that's because we're so good at broadcasting that's right jackson do you have a second question for this little piddles angry beaver weekend wrap-up no doubt Staying in the world of college football, we saw Alabama fall to the hands of their soon-to-be conference mate, Texas, in Tuscaloosa, no less. Defeating Alabama as an underdog in Tuscaloosa is something we seldom see for the past 15 years or so. With the rise of Georgia winning back-to-back titles and the Crimson Tide struggling to make those big games in the last few years, do you think we will see a full shift of power over to UGA in college football? More so than that... Is the SEC in some of the basement compared to years prior? Well, I'll take the second one first here. Uh, Florida lost to Utah. Yep. South Carolina lost to North Carolina. You already made reference to Roll Tide against Hookham. We also saw Miami beat Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. And I think I'm missing a fifth one. Oh, LSU, Florida State. Right. Yep. I mean, multiple... Schools in that category were at least live for the conference title. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, still are because those were non-conference games. But they lost all of those non-conference games. And I know that this registered probably with 0.01% of the audience. But Mississippi State had to hold off Arizona in overtime. Right. And that game was in Starkville. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, you take a look at that and you go, oh, maybe the SEC is down. Meanwhile, the Pac-12, which will be resting in peace shortly, is having a hell of a year. I mean, you've got UCLA, Washington State, Colorado, Oregon State, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and USC all ranked in the top 25. Insanity. And uh, and like I said, Arizona nearly went into Starkville and, and won that game. So, with that all said, uh, there might be a changing of the guard here with regards to the conference power. As far as Alabama goes, Alabama lost some games last year, but they were in the final seconds, both Tennessee and LSU. Mm -hmm. And so I thought the, which seems like a kind of a traditional thing when they lose Paul Feinbaum, which I will imagine will be his show today. We'll talk about the end of Nick Saban. And then he comes back and you see that it's not the end of Nick Saban. Although at some point there has to be the end of Nick Saban and age can play a role in that and how much longer he wants to do it. This is the first time though you've seen a, a team come in to Tuscaloosa and dominate. Right. That that game was actually more domination from Texas than I think the score indicates. So we don't know on Georgia because Georgia's kind of done the same thing as Missouri and K-State so far. They've played randoms. But uh, they do play South Carolina this week. It is between the hedges at 2.30. You'll get a better sense. I don't know if South Carolina really is going to put much of a test uh, with South Carolina having lost to North Carolina to open up their season. But uh, the SEC might not necessarily have the national champion this year. And uh, Florida State doesn't really have much of a test the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's because Clemson is uh, looking how Clemson looked last week against Duke, although Clemson certainly put it on their opponent this past weekend. Uh, You've got Michigan. You've got Texas certainly is going to get attention now. They have two first-place votes. USC, Ohio State, Penn State's undefeated, Washington. Notre Dame has a quarterback now at Wake Forest. Sam Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Sam Hartman or Sam Howell? Uh, He goes by both. I think it's... Oh, boy, I don't know. I think it's Hartman. But he goes by both. Howell is with the commanders, soon to be the Guardians. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, Hartman is the one who was at Wake Forest last year. And they, they year. defeated the Missouri Tigers in a bowl game that people are still... I'm still upset. Right. So still it's, it's wide open. The thing is, if Missouri wins out, they win the national championship. Damn straight, Tim. Thank you. Damn straight. I was actually, I was having lunch with a Texas fan on Saturday. Look at you. I was having lunch and uh, she asked was me. Was this a hinge or was this a bumble? Longtime friend um, mm. from years mm. gone by. Just mm. a very, yeah, wonderful woman. And uh, we were having lunch and she asked me, said, what do you think of this Texas-Alabama game? I said, well... This is a game. It sounds like a very hot date. Right. So it wasn't a date in the slightest. Her boyfriend was there. I was kind of the. Oh, wow. So you were the bull. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're the one who came on the air here yeah. out of nowhere. I was like, I'll tell you another thing about these red birds. And you go, hold on a second. Right. right. If anybody would like me to sleep with their significant other, I'm available. Right. And I go, wow, what are we doing on this? So station? many words. Yeah. And then we wonder why the YouTube channel's down. <laughs> but. Uh, I was having a conversation. She was like, what do you think about this game? I was like, to me, it's Nick Saban has now seen two years in a row that Georgia's taken the title and Alabama's kind of fallen, not fallen off, but has lost a couple games that they usually win. Last year when they went to Austin, they barely won that game. The quarterback for Texas got injured, so there was always like a little asterisk by it. And this is a game where he needs to come out and like prove that he's still the big dog. And to get dominated like he did... I'm sorry, they, because only he can do so much. But the way that Alabama got dominated by Texas, that is like 
Now it's a little different. It's a little bit different because you're right. It's always the thing when Alabama loses the end of Saban. But now you really have to wonder because they've fallen in these close games that they've needed to win. And beyond the loss on Saturday night at home, 34 to 24, they got to go to, or they host Ole Miss. They got to go to Mississippi State. They got to go to College Station host Arkansas, host Tennessee, host LSU, uh, at Lexington, and at Auburn. So they will be put to the test from here on out. A three-loss season is within the possibilities for Alabama once you see something like we saw on on Saturday. So there could be a changing of the guard, not necessarily with regards to um, the champion, if Georgia is what yeah. Georgia continues to be uh, from the past two years of winning a championship, but as far as the conferences, this is something to keep an eye on because outside of Georgia, the SEC hasn't necessarily looked dominant uh, to date. Uh, Jackson, you don't happen to have another question, or, or you did do more than two. I did. I did. I did end up uh, doing a little bit more than two. Uh, I'm going to steal a question from our khaki prince, Doug Vaughn, mm-hmm. and also apply it to local situations. Do coaches or GMs or really any team personnel say anything in a press conference or interview that you didn't already know? How do you know when you were hearing hash, or I'm sorry, quote, coach speak? You hashtagging things? You could hashtag it. You try to get something trending? Hashtag coach speak. Uh, and when do you, or when do you know you are getting candid responses to situations? Is there tells that guys want to give more but know better on the other side when or how do guys know when to let loose and give you everything essentially i am of the opinion that the time you're going to get the actual answers is when you've built up a relationship in some capacity and you're away from microphones slash cameras and even then at this point you'll have people you know take phones away and make sure you're not recording whatever Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. So you can never be sure. There's just not a lot of upside in it. Right. And so I understand it. And so if somebody goes off half-cocked, it can be damaging to their career. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get coach speak. What was a comedic scene in Bull Durham is really now a way of life both for coaches and athletes. And I understand it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. I don't blame them. It would be more entertaining if you had others. The only time you will hear it, I think is when a coach or a player is so furious with regards to an officiating slash umpiring yeah. uh, call decision that they just go, screw it. I've, I've, I've got to say something. I'll take, I don't, the, I'll fine. take the fine. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely an element to that. Yeah, I, I would say, as of recently, it's been the most candid you ever see people is when it's based on officiating. And it's almost, it's so eye-opening sometimes when you hear like someone rip either another team or a member of their own team and it's so like jarring because usually you're right it's the bull durham blueprint of you give canned answers and you don't draw any unneeded attention to yourself and yeah it's the question of upside versus you know the logistics of it all like 1033 in st louis clarkson jewelers time check here on balloon party driven by munganess st louis Acu. we will take a break come back with the second half of the little pills angry beaver weekend wrap up on balloon party 101 espn Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Uh, my name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. And Jackson has what he calls the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend Wrap-Up. And he's going to question number four right now. And this city's a buzz. I would say so. I'm buzzing. I can tell you that much. Nice. Uh, Looking towards the NFL, we had our first Sunday back with a full Sunday slate of games. In terms of yesterday, did any team or player surprise you out of the gate, either positively or negatively? Did you see any games where a team may have under- or overperformed, and we can target them for wagering next week? Nice. I like that kind of question. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the Bengals would be the absolute obvious as far as a surprising underperformance. Now, of course, if you follow uh, me as a tout, and I know many people do, Mm -hmm. you know I was on the Browns for my Circa Millions. And uh, and 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 you got a sweat free play there, but uh, the Bengals only putting up three points has to be eye opening. And you know what I sit there and I say to you, Jackson? Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm sitting there saying to you? Uh, fade the public. Well, I certainly say that, but I say now take the Bengals at home against the Ravens next week. I was gonna say I said that's them. that's the way we that's the way we go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another like the Packers. I think people are gonna overvalue a little bit. I'll tell you this, the football nerd people, super high on the Packers, super high on the Steelers. One hit, one did not. 49ers were able to do whatever they wanted offensively with a combination of McCaffrey and, and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think the other one that has to be, and they're going to be talked about no matter what nationally, is the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, doing what they did to the Giants. Uh, 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing. Yeah. Brian Dable, a god in New York last year, and already all hell's breaking loose in New York for him and Daniel Jones, the $40 million man. 40 to nothing. The Dolphins, granted, they didn't blow anybody out, but they won, and Tyreek Hill had 215 yards receiving. Crazy. So much about that is health. But if you have Hill and Waddle, mm-hmm. you see what. Uh, you see what that can do i think eagles probably feel like they stole one in new england yesterday tom brady running around the field and the the brady jersey one last time and uh and then i guess one that you know may or may not get people going would would be for this past thursday which would be uh the lions now as we heard from gabe when he was on with us on on friday you didn't have chris jones you didn't have travis kelsey and you needed a pick six, and you only won by one. Right. But if you're the Lions, and you've just won your toughest game on your schedule, yep. you know, I, I, I don't really care how I got it done. I got it done, and that builds momentum for a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in three decades. So uh, I know that goes back to Thursday night, but that, to me, is, is right up there with the signature wins. So if you're looking at signature wins, uh, it would be the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think uh, next Thursday we get a, a matchup of two teams that might be a little undervalued. The oh, Viking, Vi- it's Vikings Eagles. The Vikings, of course, losing outright to the Buccaneers, who are a uh, darling of the uh, of the money of the sharp money was on the Bucks, and then the Eagles, who I I think underperformed against the Patriots. Now the line has opened up at uh, Eagles minus seven and a half, but I think the Eagles are much better than that against the Vikings. Like I think that they're light years better 
Well, if that's the case, then it's going to be going very quickly on a spiral for the Vikings if they start 0-2. Big time. and then The Baker-Baker touchdown maker goes in and beats them to start the season. I don't think many were seeing that. Of course, if you follow me as a tout, you are all over right. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You make picks, they make you money. You make money. Yeah, that's tough. It's better when you do it. I make picks, you make money. Circa millions. I was 3-1 and one after the noon games, and all I needed were the Patriots to lose by 4 or less. Yeah. And then I'm 4-1. and one. Yeah. And then there's a little buzz in the gallery. A little buzz. But the Patriots lost by 5. Hey, can't, uh, you know, not losing. Hmm. A winning record is nothing to sneeze at. I don't know why I tried to get... Sometimes I often... I'm going to do Jackson's something. Jackson's going to have a moment of self-awareness here at 10.43, Clarkson Jewelers time check. I, I try to, like, over... Well, I'm doing it right now. Like I try to like word things so creatively, and you know sometimes my brain. And then you make an ass yourself. Right, right. And, and we're seeing it happening. Like, right, right Twice now. Twice in forty seconds. I know. It's, it's alarming. But sometimes I feel bad. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. No, I, I, I signaled to Ryder. I go, oh, Jackson's having a stroke. But then it was just, oh, you're just trying right. to be creative. Right, and that, that signal is kind of like a quarterback checking at the, at the right. line. It's like, you know, just look at the sideline real quick and tap your thigh. And then you know someone else needs to take over right. the board. Hopefully Matt Rocchio. You want Rocchio to replace you. You're like calling if, for your replacement. If there was ever a situation where that was the case... He would be my first go-to. Nice. Just what about Good Morning Grant? Why do you not like Good Morning Grant? Love Good Morning Grant. What about you and Marsh? You guys used to go get mimosas and watch soccer. He was in Columbia as well for the Tiger game, oh. and I didn't see him. So if oh, there's uh, a little tension. Well, I think if people you know are monitoring that relationship, the fact they're that we're selling both in the five seven three and nothing, you know, we didn't even see each other. Wow, that pushes against it. Was it strategic? Did I, you go I would to love a cocktail to see lounge it. in Columbia following the uh-huh. game. Yeah. What cocktail lounge? Uh, Addison's. My best friend, who is his birthday today, so shout out to my boy. Uh, his girlfriend works at Addison's, so we get a good deal. What's, what's the scene like at Addison's? Uh, middle-aged people eating dinner. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> Sounds very scandalous. <laughs> it was so scandalous when the guy was bellied up to the bar eating nachos. Like it was so hot. I was like, oh, I'll be back in Columbia. But that's not the scene. At a, like that's a nicer restaurant. If I was at Harpo's, the scene would be a whole lot different. Why did you go there? Because I'm 25 years old. So you feel like you're too old. A hundred percent. What if I roll in there? They assume it's Parents Weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be the right assumption? But I would go. Hey, have you ever listened to Balloon Party, ladies? <laughs> yeah. And they, of course, would all in unison say, yes, we love the Little Pills Friday That's Six. That's exactly right. Right. But I, even then, but that would be worse. Like, they would know. Like, you wouldn't go in there thinking, like, hey, I'm a fifth year. <laughs> you know, I think they might get wise. I can't tell if this one is parody or not. Could be a TMA listener. I don't have a read. How come you guys never discuss UFC? Is it because Trump occasionally attends? That's from the three. No, that's real. That's real. I'm pretty confident. Really? You can't use text history. I'm not looking at the text history, and I think it's real. I'm, this is fun. We got to do fun with text. Are they real? Are they TMA <laughs> listeners yeah, trying to satire, or is it real? Because honestly, at I some point, right, the commercial break, I'll take a look, and then I'll be able to come back with an authoritative yes or no, no intentional or unintentional use of authoritative. All right, Jackson, we got to take a commercial break. We'll come back. And then you're going to finish this thing strong, even though you were bellied up to the bar by yourself at Addison's <laughs> eating nachos. I just what said I was with people. I wasn't there alone. We're going to find out what happened at Addison's. It sounds like bottle service was ordered and heaps of junk. Yeah, we were and Jackson was having a pony. That's what it sounds like to me. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. 
you right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. It's written by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, 1051 in St. Louis. BK and Ferrario with you at 11 o'clock. Uh, Jackson, we were going to decide whether or not the text was real or satire. I'm operating with 80% confidence it was real. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. Yeah. Not totally convinced, but... Because a lot of the texts from the listener come between 10 and 11, which is a TMA listener tell. Yep, certainly. But there were some magical ones that came in during the fast lane that cannot be read. No. The license would be stripped by the Federal Communications Commission if it were read. Um, but... Uh, Maybe Jamie Rivers got a chance to read that one, probably opened his eyes. So I'm 80%. It's real. And there it is. There's my official uh, my official ruling. All right, question number five on this Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend wrap-up? Yeah. Getting into more big-picture sports business question. With all but the NFL, as like you said the other day, maybe the NBA, the media rights deals that are coming down the pike will shape the product we see on and off the playing surface. Do you think with the media rights for some sports possibly decreasing, we would see a decrease in players' salary, or will the fans feel that loss in the cost of tickets or merch slash concessions? <sighs> Puts me to the test there, the either-or. It's tough to really, really believe that player salaries will decrease just because if you want to compete, all it takes is one owner going, I don't care. Right. It's so much, I, maybe I'm off on this, and I wonder for older listeners what your thoughts, if, you, if, you even, if this has even crossed your mind. Over the last, I want to say five years, but maybe it's been going on longer, but in particular the last five years, I've noticed two things with regard to what I would describe as legacy consciousness. Both people putting out essentially their own life stories, Mm -hmm. but cloaking them as documentaries. Right. And then also people who have so much money going, I don't really care if I lose or make money because it doesn't matter. I've got billions of dollars. And while the average person or even a wealthy person Mm -hmm. uh, may not be able to relate to losing hundreds of millions of dollars and not caring if you have billions of dollars it losing a couple hundred million dollars is immaterial as crazy as it is but what is material is you bought a team and you won a championship with that team uh a legacy move absolutely so with that premise established which may or may not be accurate so i want to be clear i could be building this on a faulty premise Logic would dictate if you're operating to make sure that you're profitable and you don't go, quote, out of business, that you stay within the realm of your top line. If your top line is decreasing, then you've got to be cognizant of that. But if Steve Cohen, for example, at the New York Mets goes, I don't really care. I got to win. I got to bring a world championship back to Queens. I want to be the guy to do that. First time since 1986. That's what I want to do. So we lose $250 million. I don't care. Not going to change my life in any way. Then it doesn't matter. And he's going to go, okay, when, I don't know who the next huge, huge free agent in you know three years time would be, mm-hmm. but whoever that is, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pay him something irresponsible. I know I'm going to lose money. Then it ta- then it really changes the game for an owner like Bill DeWitt or let's say his son, and you go, we that's not how we operate, and we are going to stay within 
relatively speaking, the lines, right. it could increase the disparity we see between the haves and have-nots and take us back to a time in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the thought process was the New York Yankees were just buying world championships. You don't hear about that much anymore, in part because the Yankees haven't won a world championship since 2009. But keep in mind, the Dodgers have been omnipresent really since 2013. We saw that with Clayton Kershaw and Matt Carpenter in that 2013 NLCS. And they've been around. And they only have one World Series, but they're there every year. And they'll be there again this year. But the thing that separates the Dodgers from those Yankees teams is they keep replenishing their farm system and their pitching. And that allows them then to go out and be aggressive at the trade deadline and still be there year in and year out. Uh, their pitching staff, for those of you who are still paying attention to baseball, and the Braves for that matter, and the Braves are getting right back, but uh, is decimated. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be going with some rookies when the postseason rolls around. They're going to have to out of necessity, not just because of injury, but because of the Julio Urias situation. But if you can stockpile young talent, as they've been able to do with their scouting, plus have the financial latitude to be aggressive in the free agent market, that is the perfect storm in 2023. Um, To go back to your question, that's how I personally would operate it. I would be cognizant of that, but uh, I think that you're just going to see some owners go, I don't really care. I want to win a championship, and so we lose money. I view that as the cost of doing business. Yeah, and I think the natural follow-up to that would be if there is a trend or a continuing trend of, of purchasing as much as you can to win championships, that could invite foreign money into ownership of teams. I mean, we've seen it happen with EPL and obviously with golf. And so if it's coming down to spending money kind of, in a sense, recklessly, that is, we've seen the blueprint to that. And so... I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how that will all. Because I mean, you look at all these stories. Were you about to say it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out? No, no, because I know how that would play. Um, but it is interesting because like you read these big like hairy headlines about all this business stuff, but it really could affect what you see on the field. I mean, we I think we've kind of seen that a little bit in baseball. Certainly, have seen what we've seen in golf. I'm I'm really I mean, listen. What the Cardinals do over the next two months, three months, can't wait to see it. Absolutely can't wait to see it. With that said, the one that I'm also watching, the San Diego Padres, Mm -hmm. because what a situation that is. I mean, they have, I think, the top pitching free agent, I I suppose. I mean, Otani is not going to be in that category any longer. Julio Urias got that situation. No doubt. Um, I would certainly take Snell over Dola myself. With that said, they have so much money tied up to so many players. And Juan Soto's coming up. I mean, what are they going to do? They moved their chips in the middle. I'm sure their fans loved it. You see how it's played out. How are they going to handle that? Plus, they're one of the Bally's teams. For sure. Who've already reverted to MLB. Right. I mean, it is quite a situation there. And then you saw the spending of Steve Cohen. And now he's going, well, we're going to have to wait until 2026 to get it right. Which is why Scherzer goes, okay, then get me out of here. You know, I'm 38, 39 years old. I don't have time to wait around for 2026. Verlander goes, okay, I'm out too. All right. uh, BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Fraction Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party. Driven by Mungadass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.